An entitled Karen refuses to let their neighbor go to the hospital, despite taking a fall and nearly having a stroke. And despite the medical emergency that was going on, this entitled Karen wanted this lady to stick around so she could watch her kids while this Karen went to run errands tomorrow. And I honestly could not be more shocked by this level of entitlement. Here's what happened. So this just happened last night, and I still can't believe someone would do this. I'm a 30-year-old male and a paramedic. I've been an EMS for about 8 years, and I absolutely love my job. Last night, we were dispatched to a 75-year-old female who fell at home. The patient stated that she tripped over her carpet and hit her head when she fell. We arrived on the scene and noticed that the home was a duplex, with our patient's door on the right and her neighbor's door on the left. We made our way into the home and found her lying on the ground. The woman was awake and breathing. We started asking her the standard questions. Are you okay? Does anything hurt? Stuff along those lines. She stated that she has a pounding headache and that she remembers walking to bed and then waking up on the floor. In my field, that's a pretty big red flag. We notice that she's got a pretty good lump on the side of her head and a big bruise starting to form already. Noticing the bruise, I ask her if she's on any blood thinners. She said that she was on blood thinners for a previous stroke that she had a few years ago. We urged her to let us take her to the hospital because there was a possibility that the fall could have caused a bleed in her brain and she should go to the hospital to get some scans done just just to be sure. She agrees and we begin to pack her up. We applied a C-collar around her neck just in case of any C-spine injuries. She denied any neck or back pain so we lifted her up and placed her on our stair chair. A stair chair is exactly what it sounds like. It's a chair with tracks on it that we use to carry patients up and down stairs. As we were getting her out of the house, her neighbor whipped open the door and started yelling about how she couldn't sleep with all the lights and noise outside. The sound of the stair chair apparently Apparently woke her up and she was not happy about that. So my lieutenant walked over to her and apologized and said that we are dealing with a medical emergency and that we would be leaving soon enough. This entitled Karen neighbor then noticed that our patient was her neighbor and that's when she started yelling about something totally different. The entitled Karen started yelling, you can't take her to the hospital. I have errands to run tomorrow and she needs to watch my kids. My lieutenant again reiterated that we were here for a medical emergency and that her health is more important than her errands tomorrow. The entitled Karen then let out a huff and slammed the door in his face. Now, we thought that this was the end of it, but we were very wrong, as this entitled Karen started to act up in a way that I have never seen in my entire career, and I honestly could not be more shocked. After a few minutes in the back of the ambulance, we told our lieutenant that he could take the engine crew back to the station, and that we were going to be heading out in a few minutes. After we checked her vitals, I got an IV going and started giving her IV fluids. My partner got out of the back and went up to the driver's seat. About five seconds later, the back doors of my ambulance fly open. And who do I see standing there? Of course, it's the entitled Karen. Apparently, she needed a few minutes to get dressed before coming outside. At this point, I've just about had enough and I yell at her by saying, what in the world do you think you're doing? But she just yells back and says, I told you that you can't go to the hospital because she has to watch my kids tomorrow. She then starts trying to pull the cot out of the ambulance with our patient on it. Luckily for us, she didn't know how to unlatch the cot and she couldn't get her out. Our patient says, I can't watch your kids tomorrow because I fell. I might be having a stroke. But this entitled Karen yells back at her and says, you're fine. You do not need to go to the hospital because you're not having a stroke. My partner then hears the commotion and goes to the back of the ambulance. He pulls her off of the cot and I slam and lock the doors. 
Rose. And it was at this point that you could tell that the entitled Karen was about to become combative. It's important to know that either the police department or the sheriff's department responds to our calls too, especially when it's at night. Because of where we were, it took a few minutes for the sheriff's department to show up on scene, but he got there just in time. I couldn't hear much through the door, but I saw the officer get out of his cruiser with a taser drawn. My partner runs back to the driver's seat and starts heading to the hospital. The last thing I saw through the back windows was the entitled Karen stomping towards the police officer and then her hitting the ground after being tased, which I've got to be honest, was super satisfying to watch. I was talking to my patient and asked what all that was about, and she said that the entitled Karen neighbor will just drop off her three kids at her house and leave for several hours at a time with absolutely no notice. My patient even had no idea that she was supposed to watch the kids at all because, again, the entitled Karen never gives her a heads up about any of these things. This is all just so ridiculous, and I honestly can't believe I witnessed it. How crazy of a person do you have to be to try and obstruct an ambulance when they're trying to get a patient to the hospital? That's like another level of crazy. And you know what? This lady deserved to be tased, in my opinion. She was literally trying to stop this lady from going to the hospital, even with the threat of having a stroke looming over this possible situation. I mean, what an absolute psychopath. And to top it all off, it was all for selfish reasons. She just wanted this free babysitter to watch her kids once again for free and with little to no notice. I mean, that's not fair for anybody involved. But at least karma came her way and the cops stepped in. And hopefully this entitled Karen can learn her lesson not to obstruct an ambulance when they're trying to get a patient to the hospital. This next story is actually an update to a previous one that we covered a few weeks ago in which the original poster had some nephews steal some things from their shed. They give us an update as well as what's going on in their life. So to recap, my nephew stole a bunch of cans from my shed after breaking into it and cashing them out at a bottle drop for about $200. My sister and brother-in-law acted like complete jerks when I wanted the money back for the cans and the damages. I ended up pressing charges because they refused to pay and things turned pretty ugly. I filed a small claims lawsuit and they had to pay me back for the cost of damages, theft, and emotional damages for constant harassment, as well as the cost of the lawsuit itself. All of it added up to about $500, which finally made my sister and brother-in-law raise a white flag and actually start parenting their kids. My nephews got all of their privileges taken away and were forced by a judge to work community service, which they absolutely hated and had to be forced just to complete it. They didn't get more than 100 hours each because I'd been repaid by their parents when we settled out of court. So the judge pretty much fast-tracked the case. My nephews ended up picking up garbage and doing work around several local parks. And the man directing them I heard was a retired drill sergeant. So they had no fun whatsoever. My eldest nephew constantly showed his issues with authority and got into screaming matches with everyone who told him to work. His father had to be called over just to make the boys pick up a rake. The kid openly blamed me for his predicament and his brothers were initially on his side. But after a while, they realized that he's just crazy and entitled and they no longer want any part of it. So my two younger nephews stopped following his lead because it finally clicked just how in the wrong they were. The problem is, is that my sister and brother-in-law blamed me for the divide in their family, which didn't end well for them, as no one in the family was on their side about it. Absolutely everything was put on them and their bad parenting, and without me to blame, they just became silent and bitter. Half of the family don't even want to associate with them, and now their own kids are divided because the eldest refuses to change. It got so bad that my eldest nephew resorted to something so incredibly dumb that you're not going to want to believe 
believe it. In the middle of the night, he sneaked out and assaulted my house with a pair of his dad's claw hammers. And I say a pair of them because he literally had one in each hand. The first thing he did was start by smashing the new lock on my shed. And this time it didn't break, but he heavily damaged it to a point that it was no longer usable. And I had to later remove it with bolt cutters. He also did a lot of damage to the shed door with the hammer's claws. I awoke to the sounds of hammers and called the police after peeking out of my window and seeing someone outside hitting the shed. Though I didn't realize it was him at first because he had his face covered with a creepy looking mask. He saw the bedroom lights come on and chucked one of the hammers through my window. There was broken glass everywhere and I'm lucky I didn't cut my feet on any of it because I was barefoot. Then my nephew started beating on my back door with a remaining hammer. He did major damage, breaking the knob and the window on the door and also tore into the door itself with the hammer claw. I was worried the door wouldn't hold out, so I yelled police were on their way and he took off before they arrived. Now, after my first initial incident, I installed a lot of cameras and the night vision on my camera showed that it was him. He had a mask on, but was wearing his school hoodie as well as his Nike shoes that were also pretty identifiable since his brothers don't have a pair like them. His fingerprints were also on the hammer he threw at my window. My nephews had already all been fingerprinted when they were arrested the first time around, so police matched the ones on the hammer to him. When the cops came for my eldest nephew, he obviously denied it was him, but there's no one else it could have been. The other hammer was found in his room, along with the clothes and the mask that he wore, all of which were taken as evidence. But with this particular situation, this kid's parents did nothing to try to protect him, and they didn't try to pass the blame on me either. They just let their son be taken away screaming his head off. I wasn't there to see the arrest, but I was told by my sister that my eldest nephew was switching back and forth from crying that he didn't do anything wrong to screaming that it was all my fault and that he had to get back at me. The boy had to go through a serious mental health evaluation and was found to be possibly bipolar. It doesn't really excuse what he did though. Later on, he was properly diagnosed as bipolar and he started blaming everything he did wrong on that. And he acted like he would be vilified just for getting treatment for it. Eventually, he ended up having a month-long stint in juvenile hall. They got my nephew properly medicated, and he pleaded guilty to forego court again in exchange for more community service and mandatory counseling, as well as probation this time. His dad came to my house and personally replaced the broken window and door, even though he barely said a word to me while doing it. My two younger nephews are still excluding their older brother from pretty much everything, and he still hasn't apologized for attacking my home either. He's also unfortunately repeating a school year because of how badly his grades tanked, which his parents are still very unhappy about. My two younger nephews dropped by on their own in July to personally apologize to me. They said that they always just followed their brother's lead, and he made everything they were doing seem like so much fun. But the punishments for the crimes are not worth the kind of fun they were having, and they don't want anything to do with it anymore. They want their fun uncle back, and they asked if we could just start over. I said we can, but you know what? They'll have to earn back my trust, which they happily agreed to. My eldest nephew had his 17th birthday a few months ago, and basically he got nothing for it. Not even a cake. It was part of his punishment for what he had done. I can only imagine how much money he's cost his parents in the past year alone. He led his brothers to steal from me and then destroy my bedroom window and back door. I imagine in total with the lawsuit that I'd previously filed and replacing both the door and the window probably cost over a thousand dollars. Doors and windows are not cheap. Meanwhile, my 
my youngest nephew had his birthday a month after that and got a new mountain bike among his gifts. This really upset my eldest nephew and he slashed the tires on the bike with a kitchen knife, which, you guessed it, landed him in even more trouble. I know a thing or two about fixing bikes, so I went out and bought new tubes and tires for the bike and I put them all on myself. So the bike is fine and my nephew thanked me a lot for fixing it. My eldest nephew resorted to trying to run away because he wasn't being enabled anymore. He just walked out, got on his bike with a backpack full of stuff and rode off. His parents quickly reported him missing because he left a goodbye letter and basically blamed me and his bipolar disorder for all of his problems. In the letter, he stated that he couldn't wait until he's 18 to get away from all of us. So he was doing us a favor by getting rid of himself sooner. But he came back three days later without his bike or his backpack and he was looking pretty beat up. He wouldn't tell us what happened and we honestly still don't know but he was chewed out for continuously using me as a scapegoat for all of his personal issues because blaming me was the first thing he did when he got back. I didn't make him steal from me and I didn't make him attack my house either. I also didn't make him run away. That was all him and he nearly ended up back in juvie for running off because he violated his probation but somehow he ended up getting off easy. Currently he spends his day pretty much in his room when not in school. It's either that or he does chores or goes to counseling. He finished his community service but his probation will last until he's 18 years old. He got some lenience for being diagnosed as bipolar but it could not get him off the hook and believe me he tried many times. Once they told him what was wrong with him it became his excuse for literally everything but plenty of people go their whole lives with that same mental condition and never do the kind of things that he did. I've been mending things with my two younger nephews but I don't want to be around the eldest at all and the feeling is clearly mutual on his part. I've only seen him once in person the past few months and he glared at me with more hate than I've ever seen from anyone before stomping away. He can't paint me as a villain anymore without being called out on it so there isn't much he can do other than just try and get through this. For the most part he's totally shut down since school started. I'm told he barely speaks even at school. My other nephews tell me that he's getting laughed at and ostracized which I don't think is going to help him get any better. My sister and brother-in-law are also not on the best terms with me right now but they can't exactly put any blame on me either. They know that it was all them and their bad parenting. I've basically forced them to be more active in their kids lives which they should have been doing already from the beginning. They complain a lot of being tired from work as well as having to keep an eye on their kids. So whenever we talk as of late it's always very awkward and very forced. We don't go to each other's houses anymore but we do see each other at my parents house and our mother demands that we be civil there which I honestly have no problem with. My two younger siblings have regained most of their privileges. They got their TV and video games back but my eldest nephew isn't allowed on them at all. I'm told he's got some electronic entertainment in his room but what kind I don't really know. I just know he spends most of his time in there unless he has to be somewhere else. My eldest nephew is also not welcome pretty much anywhere in the family anymore. I've recently heard from my parents that they don't even want to see him on Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve this year because they are sick of his behavior and petty thievery. I guess I can understand that but even I feel it's a bit harsh. My sister and brother-in-law do feel this way as well because they are threatening to boycott if he can't come to either holiday. I can't stand that kid and would not want him in my house either so I can't understand why they've made that decision but I don't think excluding him from everything and everyone is going to make him better. It's going to take my eldest nephew a long time to mend bridges and that's if they can even be mended 
at all. The way things stand at the moment is that he may try running off again once he's of age. That is, unless the last time he tried scared him off too much to try again. But hopefully things will get better for him in time if it's not too late to try to fix his behavior. I may not like him, but he is still my nephew and I do care for him. But I'm kind of powerless to do anything. So for now, the most I can do is just keep my nose out of it and offer support where I can. The nephew in this story sounds like an absolute psychopath. I mean, this kid destroyed and vandalized and did all sorts of terrible things. And it's crazy to think that all this therapy and all the medication and all the things that people are trying to do to help this kid are just not working at all. It's also kind of vindicating to see that the original poster cannot be blamed for this. It literally is the parent's fault as well as, if not most importantly, this eldest nephew's fault. Like literally all the blame falls on them and they should be ashamed of themselves for the way they've acted. They've caused a massive rift in their family and it's literally their own fault. Like no one else is to blame except for this person. So hopefully things can work out and this eldest nephew can try to repair the bridges that he burned because this is just unacceptable and if he ever wants to have any kind of family in the future, he needs to repair this as soon as possible. My great-grandmother is leaving an inheritance to me that should have gone to her kids and now I'm not sure how to divvy up this money or if I even should just to try and make everybody happy in my family and I'm honestly not sure what to do. So my great-grandmother passed away and she was a hoarder as well as an evil witch. Honestly, nobody liked her so she decided as a last farewell to give away the inheritance exclusively to the great grandkids and this would all go towards them when they turn 18 years old. Me and my brother are the only great grandkids above 18 at the moment and we will each be getting about 20 to $30,000 it seems. Here's the problem that lies behind us getting this inheritance. My great grandmother did this despite the fact that her daughter who is my grandmother has cancer and they are really struggling to pay the bills. Not only that but my mother and father are trying to adopt and are trying to fundraise as well. My mother and grandmother don't have the best relationship and if I give any money to either one of them, I will be offending somebody. I'm currently leaning towards giving it to my grandparents for a few reasons. For one, they have cancer and that's absolutely terrible and the money should be theirs in the first place in my opinion. My grandmother put up with her craziness for years and my grandfather regularly fixed up her cars and her house for free and yet my great-grandmother still passed them up and decided to give this inheritance to her great-grandchildren. But again, because of the strained relationship my mom and my grandmother have, my mom will most likely feel spurned if I do this. I've thought about just giving money to both of them, but then the question becomes, how do I balance it? Should it be a 50-50 split? Which then leads me to believe that I think my grandmother would feel very upset of only getting 50% of the money for her cancer treatment, while my parents get the other 50% for an adoption. I'm also thinking that the best course of action is to paradoxically keep all the money for myself so that nobody feels left out and nobody can even have to worry about it. There is so much bickering on both sides of my family as both of them need money and I just know that somebody's going to be upset if they don't get the money that they feel they deserve. What should I do? This is a really terrible situation because I think you're right. This great-grandmother definitely sounds awful. She skipped over all of her family just to give money to her grandkids, which is fine, all things considered, but you would think you would at least give this to your kids first and then go down the line of seeing who wants money next. But I think one thing you really do need to realize, and maybe this sounds selfish of me, but this inheritance, regardless of who feels obligated to it or who just so happens to feel like they deserve it the most, is in fact going to be yours. No one else is entitled to it except for you legally. So if you decided to keep it all for yourself, there really is nothing anybody 
could do about it. Also, if you decide to give money away to people, I really don't think it's an all or nothing situation. You don't have to give all your money away to the grandparents or your mom or vice versa. Like you certainly could give some money to them, but I honestly think you would be doing yourself a disservice by saying, oh, let me just give it all away and not keep any of it for myself. That's not fair for you in the slightest, in my opinion. So honestly, do with the money as you please. Follow your heart if that's what you want to do. But in the end, I think it's important to know that no matter how good of a job you do of divvying this up or how fair you are with giving away money, no one's going to be completely happy. It's impossible. You can't keep everybody happy and control everybody else's emotions, even though it seems like you have the best intentions in mind. That's just not possible. So I think you can at least give yourself a break in that regard and take some stress off your back because nobody's going to be completely happy, no matter what you decide to do. But this also begs the question of what they would use the money for. Your grandmother definitely would benefit from getting this money to help with the cancer situation. I mean, that's personally where I would go first if I had this money and I was going to give it away to help people out. But for your parents, it sounds really strange that they want to try and adopt a kid, but they can't afford it. I mean, clearly they can't afford to adopt a kid. So it makes me wonder if they even will have the money to take care of the kid once they do have them. So for me, based on what you've described, that particular situation is something I would be a little bit more guarded and cautious about. But either way, literally the choice is yours because you don't have to give this money away if you don't want to. And I don't think it's selfish to say, you know what, I'm going to use this money for me and my future endeavors, regardless of how happy or unhappy your family might become. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.